This is Anchorman's AI journey. Tune in to get inspired by the opportunities, impact and capabilities of data, machine learning and artificial intelligence. Well, good morning everyone. I'm Peter Paul. I'll be your host for this session. I uh, work for Anchorman and have the honor of guiding you to the first AI journey podcast session of the new year, 2021. And the podcast, as you might know, is revolving around the opportunities, the challenges, and also the trending developments with data in the manufacturing and manufacturing services industries. Today, we will zoom in on the creation and also the manufacturing industries. The suppliers that they have, it also creates something, and the customers that these manufacturers serve themselves. So if you look at the playing field of the global industry, industrial giants, the not-so-global industrial giants, or even the more local manufacturers, their challenges revolve around reducing complexity of their production facilities, their supply chain, their maintenance, repair and operations, their spare parts supply, and of course, the procurement and tendering of all this stuff. So um, how can data make their life more easy, reduce complexity and help find, for instance, spare parts and even save money? Well, to discuss this, uh, luckily I'm not on myself uh, or on my own. I'm happy to be joined by two experts actually in the field of data. And well, let's call it MRO domain. Let me introduce them to you. Welcome, Laurent. Laurent Chavagne, our first esteemed guest. Laurent started out his uh, career in an adventurous way as a sailor a, on a motor ship for almost two years. He rolled into the world of sales and since 1996, so almost 25 years of experience, his work domain is all about procurement and supply chain. And the more recent years also combined with the benefits of using data in these domains. His latest achievement encompasses his overall experience, his skill and his strive to innovate. And combined with the insights of the potential of e-business, e-commerce and big data, he transformed one of his former employers, Mac45, which is the old Philips warehouse business, to become a digital and e-commerce business-to-business frontrunner. He currently holds a position as a director of European procurement at AISA, which is a large business process outsourcing company. And in his scarce spare time, Laurent is also a keen collector and seller of rare books, prints and drawings. Welcome, Laurent. Happy uh, to have you here. Glad to be here. Thanks. The, uh, the other guest, of course, is uh, my esteemed colleague, Rijn Benno de Jager. Um, hello. Hello. Good to have you. After finishing, uh, finishing his technical studies in 2000, uh, Rijn Benno he joined companies like Ordina and Logica CMG, where he shaped his technical data and data architectural skills. He grew his experience in the data domain in a mix of commercial and governmental organizations before ending up, luckily, at Anchorman where he became one of the masterminds for domain-specific solutions around MRO for the manufacturing and manufacturing services industry. Rijn Benno helps his customers making the most of their data challenges from a solution architect point of view, but he's also not afraid to make his hands dirty by deep diving into solution and code. Rijn Benno loves to get out in the open and run half marathons for fun. How about that? Welcome, Rijn Benno. Hello, Peter Paul. <laughs> Good guys, good uh, nice to have you here. Let's uh, let's talk about uh, well, in in my experience at least, a um, a part of the industry that is uh, hardly ever connected to the usage of data, um, which is the manufacturing industry, for instance, and also more specific, the supply chain and uh, procurement departments in these companies. Um, Laurent, since you are um, uh, the guest of honor and also one of the uh, experienced guys in this domain, so procurement and supply chain logistics. Um, can you can you well introduce us a bit uh, into the world of this? Because as a historian, I'm obviously interested in what happened in the past, what we can learn from that, and how we can use this knowledge to and to understand why we are now and where we are now. So, can you help us understand, in your opinion, how the the world of supply chain and procurement evolved with regard to the use of data in the last, let's say, 20 years? Okay. Well. It, it it didn't very much, and that's that's more or less the problem. <laughs> okay. uh, you see, production has become complex, uh, more and more complex over the years. Uh, what started out with quite simple machines and quite uh, um, concentrated uh, uh, productions has become incredibly varied with all modern machines that keep following each other up. And it has led to a very complex supply chain with literally thousands of suppliers uh, literally supplying millions of parts. And everybody in manufacturing has been concentrating on, te on, the, on the technique. And when I'm talking about technique, it's not so much digital technique. Mm -hmm. What they've been concentrating on is 
better bearings, uh, better switches, uh, you know. Uh, if it gets digital, it's, it's about uh, PLCs, uh, registering machine uh, movements, etc. Mm -hmm. But not so much about the data, about the products that actually are used to make something. Yeah. And that, that is, that is the, um, the complexity. It has been treated as a nuisance, mm -hmm. uh, something you need to do to some extent because you can't buy it if you don't register something. Um, but whatever you look at data from, from well, in, in my, I've, I've seen hundreds of companies <laughs> in this field and I've seen their, their ERP data. You see everybody working towards get it, getting the product in the system. So doing the least possible that you can yeah, yeah. in just order so to get, it, to get the yeah. transaction done. And that's it. Yeah, yeah. So just the registration of the parts, for instance, uh, that we're talking about now. And yeah. they don't do anything with the data that's part of these parts as well. They don't do anything with the data, and that also makes it, later on, it makes it very difficult to do more complex uh, actions, like, for instance, if you want to work on predictive maintenance. Mm -hmm. uh, how are you going to predict which part to, to uh, exchange if you don't even know which part is in there? Yeah, yeah. Uh, or, you know, and, and sometimes you know the one major part, but there's always a lot of little stuff around it. And if it's not registered, you don't know it. Mm -hmm. You can't do anything with it. And that, that is now also where, where, um, where, where this problem becomes bigger, because if you want to make the next step, you have to do, you have to do things to get your data in order, to get yeah. your product data in order. So yeah. far, it was just something where you, know, you had to deal with it, and that was the only reason they did. Yeah. But it, it was never a goal to deal with it in a very correct and productive manner. Now, there have been companies that did it mm -hmm. in the past. Uh, you mentioned uh, uh, Philips. Philips mm -hmm. is a company that, that worked very early on on, on registering. Yep. But in the old-fashioned old way it was done back then, well, it was modern back then. Mm -hmm. uh, let's give them credit there. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't have the, the kind of uh, uh, flexibility that you would need today in order to really use that yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. data. So if I understand you correctly, you know, actually you're saying in the past, you know, the companies that procured stuff uh, to supply chain their their own uh, production facilities or to their end customers who were needing spare parts, for instance, to uh, maintain their machines, uh, they were just procured. Uh, yeah. They were registered somewhere in the system, in yeah. a system, probably a procurement system or a supply chain kind of software solution. I'm not sure. Yeah. But uh, and that that was it. So that's where it yeah. ended. Yeah, it, it didn't become interesting until until they had web shops and they, they had to sell something in web shops. Then the trading companies started registering stuff. Yeah, yeah, but before right. that, yeah, it wasn't done. Yeah. But, al but also, if you uh, hear at this story and we talk about an organization and in one sentence you mention uh, different stakeholders, different persons with mm -hmm. different concerns and benefits. And mm -hmm. I think that's part of the complexity because... We say we talk about an organization uh, who's uh, making parts, making stuff and using parts, mm -hmm. and therefore needs spare parts in order to keep the factory running. Mm -hmm. But there are a lot of different stakeholders concerned uh, with, uh, yeah, from from different viewpoints, yeah, yeah, yeah. and they use different systems, and and they have different benefits where the supply chain. Is, is, is responsible for, for keeping the factory running. Procurement is responsible for buying the, the spare parts that are needed. They, they come from a completely different viewpoint and have different needs when yeah. it comes to data and, and also have different activities when it comes to data. But, but in your opinion, guys, what, what, what would be the... Uh, because it makes sense what you're saying, but on the other hand, as a simple layman, I would say, okay, apparently there was no business case or a use case for these, uh, um, uh, you know departments like procurement and supply chain to actually get more out of the data you know in, in, in the end there was no apparently there's no legislation for that like financial institutions had to do or e-commerce shops had to do why in your opinion that's actually my question are um uh, are these industries not the front runners what, what's happened what, why did they um, leave it at the table that long it, it, it's complex uh, it, it, it's 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 very complex with a lot of different players. Uh, again, as and also as as uh, Rembeno said, with a lot of stakeholders. Uh, so procurement uh, wants to to concentrate the the procurement in in the least possible suppliers on the least possible products. Mm -hmm. uh, technicians just want the stuff now. 
yeah, yeah. when they need it. And they don't care uh, where it comes from because they, they have a maintenance uh, request. So that, that already makes it uh, complex. And for, for companies overall, it, uh, MRO consists of just a very, very small part of their overall cost. It's 2%, 3% of their overall cost. Yeah, okay. So the, you know, it's, not like, it's not like the marketing budget of some companies that can run into 20 30%. No, if no. you save a little bit on that, you're yeah. making money. Okay. And and what also uh, the the kind of digital revolution, the possibilities that we have nowadays are uh, fast more uh, uh, helpful than they were before. Exactly. Like uh, in the early days, well, in the old days, we didn't even have digitization, but mm. then we had a digital transformation, and and companies, organizations, factories, plants, they all became more and more digitized, and and they did it all by digitalization of the process they are running. So mm -hmm. the supply chain, the manufacturing part is, is, is digitalized by using PLCs, by, uh, by computers, by robots doing the operation uh, to, to create a, a products. PLC, help me out on that one. Uh, a, a controller, a programmable okay. controller, right, kind right. of the, the robot steering the, the, the manufacturing. Okay. Uh, but, but so then uh, also, Uh, the possibilities emerged and, and we went from just the, the old-fashioned ERP systems to now the more uh, uh, serverless, uh, microservices, uh, big data tooling, even though if you don't have big data, you, you can still use the tooling and, and the possibilities that come out of that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, It's also one of the reasons why it wasn't managed. ERP systems are not... Uh, sophisticated enough mm -hmm. you can't get the data in that you need to get in and you're referring to parties. sap and jd edwards uh, at this point all of or? them yeah, uh, not, not, yeah none of them can can be really used as a database for for your for your spare part management mm -hmm. um and well transactionally fine uh, stock wise fine but not not to actually register what is this uh, what is this part exactly Um, then you have, you know, of course, PIM systems, but they are m mainly set up to sell something in a web shop. Yeah. And they, they also lack a lot of the uh, important information. Yeah. So there was, there was nothing there. Okay, uh, right. And, 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 and what, what they were using, like uh, the ERP systems, uh, you see that, that if a company or an organization consists of several production plants and they have a head office, Then, then administrations are diverse. They use different administrations at different places, all creating their own uh, data and their own world of data. Yeah, yeah. And, and I guess also the merger of companies has to do with that. You know, the one company yeah, yeah. acquires another one and also acquires the uh, operational system that they are using yeah. and the software that goes with it and stuff like that. It's, yeah. it's not strange to see four or five different uh, ERP systems in the same company yeah. operational. And then, and then, as as Rain Benno said, what you see often in in industry is that maintenance, etc., is done in programs like Maximo, mm -hmm. whereas all the transactions are done in something like SAP, and there is no link between the two. All right, yeah. So, but that should be easy to solve nowadays, right? With all the you know, the data integration software that you can easily. Uh, uh, get off a shelf or you know um yeah but it's more than just data integration um if you look at the data if it's administrated in in different systems then they, they those systems often have their own data standards and and data standards are also changing because a system uh is going through an evolution as well mm -hmm. so the data is going through an evolution as well so you have different data systems with different data standards and if you want to integrate Where do you uh, transform your data to? That's always a big issue in, in companies. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Let, let's dive a little bit deeper into that uh, in a minute. But, uh, Laurent, you just referred to um, uh, the, the, you know, the size of the, uh, and the budget of the uh, procurement and, and supply chain departments. Adds up to what did you say? What did you say? Five well, percent? Yeah, the, the MRO procure, yeah, yeah. Uh, procurement. That's two, three percent of uh, average of a company yeah. in indirect cost. Yeah. Now there is a much bigger cost, and that's production loss from from not having the right parts. Mm -hmm. uh, but it's virtually impossible to find any reliable data on it. Yeah, I can see that. You know, people will only report on it if they can say, hey, we solved this one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you never yeah, see that, anyone report on it. Are you actually also implying or saying that... that um, Uh, uh, you know, solutions like this, like like using this data yeah. or um, um, the, the the use case or even the business case out of this is only applicable to large companies. 
or is this could this be beneficial to a company regardless of size? It's 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 like a lot of uh, new solutions. It, it, in the beginning, it's only uh, applicable to to very large companies. Like like in the past, ERP systems were only for multinationals. Mm-hmm. Um, as as costs come down and as, and as it it gets used more and more, mm-hmm. you will see that that it, it becomes applicable for for more more companies. Mm-hmm. Now, if you are a uh, three person company making wooden furniture. I can imagine you can still manage that in an Excel. That uh, you know you don't <laughs> yeah, you yeah. don't really need a big data solution for yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, as soon as it becomes something more serious, then then it becomes interesting to uh, to look at other solutions to manage this. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and if you have, if you have more than one Excel, then then you run into problems. You still yeah. don't need a a large data a data solution. Okay. Uh, but you need insight over two Excel's, and that's kind of the problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's about creating a, a data ecosystem because yeah. around everything, all the data sources that you have in your organization. Yeah. And and don't don't underestimate also the fact that we are talking about the kind of data that we want to register on a product right now. Mm-hmm. But that's a fraction of what we will need in the future. Yeah. Uh, because the 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 amount of data, the, you know, the, the number of data points, attributes that we need to add to a product, that you know, grows every year almost. Mm-hmm. Every year there's there's some new uh, uh, code that needs to be uh, added or or some new requirements, new certification, uh, change certification. It's, it's constantly growing. So if you come up with a solution, that's why the ERP systems don't work, yep. it has to be flexible. Yeah, 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 makes sense. So they're actually too rigid and they're not data flexible enough to really provide insights. That's what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And one, one thing that is vastly underestimated in the industry is that um, many companies don't know exactly what is in their machine that is manufacturing a product, mm-hmm. and they don't care as long as the machine works. Keeps running, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. But on the other hand, um, companies get have to take more and more responsibility of what they are doing and, and the results of what they are doing. There will be a time when it's not acceptable anymore that you can't prove that all those parts that are in there are, are correct and, and have been certified and have been... So in, in the future, you need to re- you really need to know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Because there's, there's going to be a time when you can't get away with it anymore. No, I can see that, yeah. Because what would, we, what would be, in your opinion, guys, the, the obstacle? What, what kind of problems could you run into then? If if your uh, uh, equipment, uh, you know, uh, causes pollution, mm-hmm. or uh, especially in food industries, mm-hmm. you know, in food industries now you have a lot of products. If they come in direct contact with food, then people will think about it. Mm-hmm. But um, things that are more indirect, uh, it's not always uh, completely, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, top of mind that you have to be careful with that as well. Uh, in many industries, it's, it's still quite rudimentary the way they they register all all the certification, the way they register all the uh, um, the, the the knowledge of what exactly is used where in the production process. Okay, so you're actually okay. saying that um, the knowledge of the machines that they are using is still at the supplier of the machine and not at the user of the machine. Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. That's interesting. And in the end, you're responsible because you're, 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 you're doing something yeah, with yeah, it. For sure. yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah, but the problem you run into then is, of course, downtime in the factory. Because uh, if, if a machine breaks down and you don't have the right spare part in time or uh, on stock yeah. because you don't know what spare part you have uh, or you're using or you're needing and you don't know what you have on stock. Yeah, yeah that, that could that, be funny. I recently, uh, we had a conversation with a, with a manufacturer that apparently has warehouses full of stuff spare parts or but also uh, you know um, uh, manufacturing materials and he didn't even know where the spare parts belong to the biggest category category is the unknown category yeah, yeah. so that that's the insight in in spare parts that you are that you need and the spare parts that you have okay uh, so and, and when then when you have multiple factories multiple plants like part sharing between plants is impossible. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you have the downtime in the factory, but you also have the the, the the management of the of the pile of stock of spare parts that that you have, and then you have the part sharing between plants. Yeah. Those are yeah, it's a problem that multiplies. You know, yeah. if you if you have one production site with one 
um, uh, one set of machi uh, machinery equipment and uh, it's using spare parts, mm -hmm. that, that can be a challenge. Yeah. But uh, if you get two or three, then, it, then it, the, the problem becomes exponentially more complex. Yeah. If you add countries and if yeah, you add yeah, 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 you yeah. Know, different yeah. different stuff, different uh, digital systems, yeah. then you get then you get to something that's almost impossible to to uh, to, to to comprehend. So mm -hmm. and that's when you know the the the, the uh, decisions are made to outsource the problem mm -hmm. uh, to 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 a wholesale company or an integrator. Mm -hmm. to, you know, it, just manage it. We don't care anymore. Um, but they too will have to digitize in some way uh, their solution, or else they can't do it cheaper and better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense actually. You know, the the, the funny thing is, in my own experience, um, you know, um, compelling or mandatory events like legislation or audits or uh, a disaster that had occurred is usually the driver of innovation. Uh, or uh, the the for companies has been. Especially, especially for instance, in the financial services industry, you know, with, with these um, financial crises that we had in 28. Um, and also, this was a driver to, to be more transparent and also to make more usage of data and give clarity to A, the people, and B, uh, the legislator. Yeah. Um, so that was a really tipping point for this industry to become more like data-driven. That's clear. Uh, and, and for e-commerce, of course, it's all so very obvious that every data that you have reg regarding your customers is you can use it to your advantage as a company. How do you, in your opinion, guys, and in your experience, how can, how do you see this? Where do you see this tipping point for the specific procurement supply chain kind of change, and also the the, the maintenance, repair, and operations divisions <coughs> for a company? When did this happen? This turnaround of seeing the benefit of using data. Uh, there's one famous example, of course, is aviation. Mm -hmm. um, before the '90s, people, you know, there, there was no real strict registration of, of, of avionics and aviation spare parts. A uh, couple of accidents happened because of parts that weren't suitable for their uh, task. Mm -hmm. uh, in the end, they came uh, up with an investigation that turned out that even Air Force One contained a large part of non-licensed wow, parts. Yeah. <laughs> so that was one you know, the best guarded uh, uh, and the best maintained aeroplane in the <laughs> world. And, you know, it was mm, no, not very reliable. Oh, okay. So... Um, and that led to, to uh, a standardization uh, project where, where everything was, was registered. It led to, to this uh, full traceability that they have in that industry. Um, but it was done with the, with the knowledge and with the, with the capacities of the 90s, the early 90s. Mm -hmm. And that's limited. Uh, so it's very cumbersome and mm -hmm. it's very expensive. You know, if, if, you, if you buy a very simple screw that goes into an aeroplane, uh, you're, you're paying minimally uh, $2 for that. Now, in normal industry, you wouldn't want to pay $2 for, for a for simple screw, screw or yeah. something like yeah. that. So, you know, it, it, makes, it, it makes for a very expensive process. Um, but that was an industry, and, and that was caused by accidents. Now, um, I hope... That, that, that there will be enough people in the industry to see, to not to wait for an accident mm -hmm. in, in, in farm or food and in another industry before, the, before they actually decide we need to get this completely under control. Yeah. yeah. And, and do you have any experience with this, Rambeno, when it comes to um, when you saw customers changing from, uh, from you know, the, the usual uh, suspects within a company or a manufacturing company regarding the, the keeping of data and the usage of data? When it and then it be, well, it also became uh, savvy in the more traditional departments, uh, like the procurement and uh, and supply chain. Is there a specific driver for that? Have you a specific driver? I don't know, uh, but from a technology uh, point of view, of course, uh, the, the the possibilities due to uh, uh, enhanced capabilities in in the automation. Mm -hmm. um, help to become an organization data-driven and, and seeing the world changing around you and doing more and more with data, um, of course, uh, gets you at a point to ask the question, can we do more with data as well? Yeah. Because uh, we're not, we're solving a data issue for a business with a business problem. So if the business problem is, is uh uh, a scattered supplier base and no scale utilization, then how can you 
update the supplier base and, and get that scale util utilization that, that you want to achieve mm -hmm. and to be able to uh, update or upgrade your uh, process. Mm -hmm. And, and it, I think that that's the shift coming from um, manual processes to more digitization, digital processes, mm -hmm. creating data, uh, data-driven uh, processes, and then um, also moving that to the factory uh, and, and providing the possibilities to uh, gain uh, profit by using data. Mm -hmm. It's actually one, one, one of the interesting things that you say here, uh, because that's how I got you know, interested in the newer techniques. Uh, you asked earlier, uh, for who is this for? For big companies or can mm. it also be interesting for smaller companies? Now, if you really want to register all your, your product data, all, all your spare part product data, mm -hmm. and you want to do that well and you want to do that exhaustive, you need a lot of people. Mm -hmm. Now, that was something only big companies could afford in the past. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, um, and, uh, and even for them, it was complex. Um, as as, as, as a, a, a problem owner in this field, uh, that, that was also one of my problems. I didn't have the budget to hire 30 people and get all the data in order. I, need yeah. to figure, I needed to figure out something better. Mm -hmm. That's when you go start searching for solutions. And that, that's when I, I got into touch uh, uh, with Anchorman. And then you get introduced to the newer technologies that are there mm -hmm. that, that allow you to do this with, without 30 people yeah, working yeah. full time and that allow you to do this in a more uh, flexible and creative way. And that, that also makes it now a solution that, that becomes available to, to smaller companies. All right. So it's, uh, the, you know, the ease of use is, um, much, uh, has, has grown in the maturity level, so yeah. it's easier to use. It's cheaper to implement. That's actually what you're saying. Yeah. And it's easier to access data or share data if, yeah. if you know, of course, suppliers and manufacturers are open to that. Well, it's, and it's easier to, to, um, to go from the raw <coughs> data to, to ac accurate data. So we, we have more... Uh, possibilities, mm -hmm. more intelligence to mine the data out of out of you know because it's not it's not like there is a lack of data. No, it's just quality is rubbish. Yeah, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you need a good quality set for yeah. sure. Otherwise, <laughs> you, you base all your insights on yeah, stuff and, that. And, and also, that the data is in silos. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. There's so a you, lot of data available, but all in their own silo. Yeah. yeah. And then, 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 so what you need to do is, is, is get it out, combine it, and, and, and make it accessible. And that's, that's more or less uh, the kind of solutions that, that you need to be working on right now. Yeah, yeah. And that's why, in, in order to do that, you have to move away from the old-fashioned, monolithic, big ERP kind of systems that are very rigid, and, and uh, everything has adhered to that system, if yeah. you want to use that system. Mm. And, and uh, now with the new capabilities, uh, it becomes much, much easier for us as a data tech company uh, to create a platform, ingest the data, and, and handle it in a complete different way. Yeah. Um, away from, from the, the ERP, away from the, the, the rationalized uh, approach. Yeah, yeah. But so, but but in my opinion, the um, a lot of companies, so perhaps even the manufacturing industry, a relational approach as well. Yeah. <laughs> but are Going already micro services already <laughs> using. Oh, please continue. Are already data using inside. the um, the, uh, the the amount the amounts of data that they have to combine it. You know, um, uh, companies like uh, the big ERP suppliers are claiming. I'm not sure whether this is true or not, but are claiming that they um, uh, can combine every data that a company has. And yeah, have, uh, as yeah. long as you put the data in their system and you transform it to their data standard. And the mm -hmm. data standardization is then a huge problem because it's all manual labor. Mm -hmm. So for, um, for a lot of organizations, they go from one data standard to another data standard. And then there comes a new data standard. Mm -hmm. And it's all manual transformation done by humans who have to... And not uh, a year put, goes by without yeah. a new data standard. Okay. And it's, uh, usually it's the data standards that will, you know, do, a, do away with all the other data standards. Yep. And then a year later you see, well, it was just one more on top of all the other ones. Yeah. Ah, okay, yeah. so it gets piled up and it doesn't become any more transparent or easier to use, I guess, yeah? No, no. Okay. So there, there are some things that, 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 that are slightly useful, but most of them, no. 
Okay, well, that's interesting. Let, let's 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 take that turn then for now. The, uh, Laurent, you were telling uh, you you've been working for Mac Forty Five. Uh, at a certain point, you've been working there, and you you were thinking you were sitting on your chair in your office, and we're thinking, okay, we we should be able to do this more easy or more uh, advanced way using yeah. data. Yeah. What was this? What happened? What went through your mind? You were looking out the window and thinking, this is it. You know, but when, what was the trigger for this? Um, well, it wasn't, it wasn't really like, like that. Uh, it, was, it was a long slug uh, <laughs> trying to find okay. a solution. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, they, yeah, no, everybody always talks about the brilliant insights. Mm -hmm. um, I probably don't have the brains for that because uh, what, I, what I did was I had a problem, <clears throat> and that was that we onboarded new customers regularly, mm -hmm. large uh, industrial uh, uh, plants. Mm -hmm. uh, they came up with tens of thousands of lines of products that they uh, needed. Uh, none of them very well described, usually. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot of manual labor. It took a lot of, of human effort to make, uh, to, to, to code that and get it into our system and to actually understand what it all was. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, thousands of mails going to and fro asking, you know, yeah, this field says, says, says it's, a, it's a relay and this field says it's a fuse. What yeah. is it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you so know, the uniformization of actually the understanding of a spare part, for instance, yeah. or yeah. a so, part of a machine. Yeah. yeah, A lot of that information was, was in, 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 in all kinds of description <laughs> fields where it shouldn't be. Uh, and, 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 you know, it was, it was a lot of effort. And you needed to be really bright and know a lot about, about uh, the parts mm -hmm. in order to be even able to recognize them. So what I was doing, I was hiring very smart people mm -hmm. to do very silly work. <laughs> and you know that's that's not a recipe for for engaging good people, you know, because no. in the end they they, they had to out. go line <laughs> by line by no. line by line identifying <clears throat> products. That that's ridiculous. So, yeah, the only smart insight that I had at that time is that but isn't this what automation <clears throat> was supposed to do for us? Yeah. Uh, so you start looking at at ways to automate it, and at that time all I could find was was people having more or less uh, PIM systems, uh, uh, relational databases mm -hmm. that that could offer the that could solve the problem if you put a lot uh, of work in it. By PIM, you mean product information? Yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah product information management, management systems, um, none of whom covered the, the vast field of, of, of what we did. Because mm -hmm. one of the complexities is that at, at one stage, you know, you, we, you will be supplying a simple screw or mm -hmm. a bearing, mm -hmm. but you will also be supplying uh, electronic parts. Now, most of the things you want to know about a screw are quite irrelevant for a uh, electronic part, yeah. and vice versa. You know, you don't want to know how much no, the screw is. They have a different function within this machine or <laughs> yeah. system. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes yeah. sense. So, in, in so most of those product information management systems, uh, if, if you want to cover all that information, you blow them up to some huge uh, uh, thing, mm -hmm. and there's, there's a million things you need to register in a way, and, and, and a lot of them are not even relevant okay. <laughs> to a part. So that, that is a very difficult way to work. Yeah. Um, so um, having, having the, you know, uh, um, already uh, disregarded several systems, because they were simply not good enough. Okay. Um, you know, I got in touch with someone who had, who told me that 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 there could be better technology available right now. Mm -hmm. At that time, I think it was 2014 or something like that. It was still quite new uh, to work with uh, with the uh, non-relational database. But I have to be careful when I get to the digital field because then, you know, <laughs> Ryan, Benno, Ryan Benno knows <laughs> what he's talking about. That's why you brought but, him in. Yeah, yeah. That's. Uh, but, but there were better ways to do it. And I, I know that I was really very skeptical about it because, mm -hmm. you know, that, 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 you know another, that was just another IT guy telling me, like, yeah, we have the solution. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, had, uh, I had heard that one before and <laughs> dismissed them all. Yeah. So, um, but this so, time it actually worked. All right. Because so you're actually saying it was, it was easy to ingest the data, but it was a bit harder to correlate it to each other because you might be, you know, speaking mm. about the same spare part, which mm. comes from a different supplier, which is actually in basic the same, but they renamed it for their own purposes. Or how does this work? Even ingesting it wasn't easy because you you you, you pull the data out of an ERP system. In some mm. cases, it's a huge amount of data. Mm -hmm. uh, first thing you have is if if you you know every 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 plant has their own way they structured it. Mm -hmm. 
and you have to figure, figure that one out first. And then in, in all kinds of access databases, Excels, etc., people started working. Now mm -hmm. the, 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 the chance for error is, is huge. Mm -hmm. uh, the, it's very cumbersome. Mm -hmm. And then in the end, you still have to prepare uh, uh, an upload to, into an ERP system and then hope that everything runs fine. Yeah. And that, that's, you know, that's not really the 21st century way of working, but it, for most companies, <laughs> it this, this is still how it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So actually, yeah, well, if it runs, it runs. That's, that's a way uh, to look at it. But your, your message would be like, uh, you, you can make way, way more out of that. Yeah. If it runs, it to. runs. But if you want to optimize, uh, then the optimization is limited to the boundaries of the systems you're using. Okay. And that's, uh, together with Laurent, we came up with a solution. Uh, it's kind of a platform mm -hmm. in which you can ingest data coming from any source you have. It, it might be uh, a system, it might be Excel, it might be Access. Just deliver the data. It always starts with a data analysis because you can just take data from somewhere down here and put it in a solution without looking at what it is. So mm -hmm. you try to place it in you try to place it in the solution uh, mm -hmm. along with the context that it came from. Yeah. And if you do that, and no matter what the, 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 the data standard is that, it, that was used or the structure it, that it was uh, administrated in or the language, not yeah, an yeah, uh, yeah. issue, that it was described in, we can, uh, you can ingest it into our platform and the platform will uh, take the data, analyze the data, taking different uh, methods, like uh, we do uh, engineering, but we also do data science. Okay. And then we analyze the data and we get information, we retrieve information from the data. Mm -hmm. um, and based on the information we retrieve from the data ingested in the platform, we are able to create matches between the data. On the, on the information that we uh, retrieved from it. Okay, so you're actually saying if, if a company so, ru runs into issues with, with like, for instance, spare parts, they cannot find it, they cannot match it, they don't know where it belongs to or where they got it, if they can buy cheaper stuff like that. Um, the traditional systems cannot provide that. No, and even the more modern systems rely on you putting all the information in there right now. Mm -hmm. And one, one problem that it doesn't solve, uh, a very important one, is legacy data. Right. Because, you know, factories have been running for years. Machines have been, have been running for years. Yeah, yeah they're not fast-moving fast right. consumer goods, <laughs> I can imagine. No. And you're and always no. limited to the boundaries of the system that you're in. And, and we, we work for companies, for, for clients, having multiple ERP systems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you can optimize within one ERP system, but if you want to know for your complete organization, which spare parts are we using, mm -hmm. where are we using them, where do we buy them? Could we have buy them, bought them somewhere else? Yeah. Um, so, so you're suggesting what are the characteristics of this part that I am using? Yeah. Then, then, then there is no overall insight, and and that's what you want to have if you want to optimize. If you so, do, for example, tender support, mm -hmm. or you want to manage your tail of suppliers, if you have uh, more we, than we, thousand. We manage or, the tail of suppliers, the tail spend. The tail spend, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you buy stuff at suppliers, and different suppliers are selling the same product, but yep. they 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 try to sell it as a unique item, as a unique product. Okay. If you can have insight in what in fact is uh, the item that you could, yeah. the, the supplier is selling, and that it might be the same another supplier is selling, then you have the choice to choose between two suppliers, and or three or four. If you're a multinational. Yeah, has their own tail, and you can add them up. <laughs> yeah, 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 makes 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 sense in a <laughs> yeah. lot of ways. Actually, that's huge. So, so in fact, you have a kind of ecosystem of data living in your organization, where your organization is is the universe consisting of different ecosystems of, of data. Data, yeah. and yeah. and you want to combine those and put an overall view on top of it. And be able to gain benefits from that. That's that's fine. So okay, that's interesting. Uh, given the, also the topic for today, so it's it's supply chain procurement, MRO stuff like that. If let's zoom in, guys. Yeah. If we zoom in on this, what what are what are the typical issues that these departments run into then? If if they want to collect this data, 
what what what's there what's stopping them from doing so right now they don't know it and they have an ordering number you know the, the procurement organization needs to procure so and they have an, a, a number somewhere uh, that that the supplier understands and you send it to the supplier and you get that stuff in and yep. that's that that's that mm -hmm. i mean if you're working in procurement mro is, is you know it's um very few people go into procurement with a burning desire to end up in MRO. <laughs> so <laughs> not, you're actually saying there are no passionate procurement people, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By heart. Okay. Yeah, it's also a kind of tunnel vision. When yeah. you are uh, in the procurement department of a factory, mm -hmm. then you're responsible getting the parts procured for that factory. Yeah. You don't necessarily, often, never, look beyond the boundaries of that factory. So it's yeah, not yeah. only the silo of the systems, but it's also the silos in the organizational departments. Yeah, are, are, we, are we talking about not knowing the unknown or are we talking about the lack of ambition to become better? What, what Both. Both. Okay. A lot is not known. And again, there's, there's different interests. You know, if I'm an engineer and mm -hmm. I'm responsible to keep some stuff running, mm -hmm. um, I prefer to have my supplier around the corner. Mm -hmm. I don't care how much he charges for it, as yeah. long as it's always there when I need it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I don't care on how to register it, as long as that guy knows, or girl, whoever, mm -hmm. knows what, what, to, what to send me when I call them. Yeah, that, yeah. That's all I care about, as, as, as the maintenance uh, manager. Mm -hmm. uh, in procurement, of course, that, that, that this is a horror. Because you're yeah. not in control. Yeah. You're buying stuff, you're spending money, and you don't really know what, what it's on. Mm -hmm. And then, and, and you know, you have to either get it under control, but you're very dependent on this maintenance guy because the maintenance person will say, well, whatever, but it must, you know, I, I don't want to lose efficiency, I don't want to lose speed, and uh, I don't want to lose quality. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, their main task would be to prevent the machine from stopping production, yeah, I guess, yeah, right? Yeah, right. I mean, that's their task. And then, then, then procurement says, yeah, but what is it exactly? Well, I don't have time to tell you all that. Uh, you figure it out. And then the procurement guy has to report to, to finance. Now the, now, the one thing you should never tell finance is that you spent money and you don't really know what it's all about. So, mm -hmm. you know, the, there you have to cloak the problem or else, you know, you're, not, you're going to have some, some very nasty meetings with your, with your management. Yeah, yeah. So th this is, it, is, it is a problem. And there, and and it's actually for many companies, it's quite important to hide the problem, just to make sure that that you don't get into trouble. Yeah, 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 makes sense. The the, the uh, so what? Yeah, and and if a profit has its own profit and loss commitment, yeah, then yeah, why do why would you yeah. look and, beyond the boundaries? And as a procurement person, I mean, they already bumped you down to uh, MRO. Uh, you're not going to report problems. <laughs> you know, the next bump might be out because yeah. it's it's not it's not you know it's it's not the most sexy part that you can get in in no, this, can, in this profession. Yeah, it's, it's it's something that's uh, being solved traditionally in the shades, and uh, it's like running water from a tap. You expect it to be there. Yeah. And if it's not, if it's not there, somebody heads rolling. You know. And it's yeah. also the road of least least uh, resistance, of course. If you buy a machine, then the uh, company that sold it to you mm -hmm. will tell you these are this is the list of spare parts that you need and you can buy it over at my place yeah. so you you end up buying a machine and a bunch of spare parts you might never use but you might also have had them on stock already or you might also be able to buy them somewhere else yeah um, well, so, well it's assuming that uh, people from the yamaro department or supply chain or procurement are listening so what would you where can they start? You know, perhaps uh, a lot of people um, uh, recognize this situation. They are stuck with stuck. No, they're using a system uh, that is actually providing you with information regarding spare parts or the way they procure stuff or the price list or the uh, the manufacturer of this specific part and also the um, um, uh, the number that they might need or might need in the future. Mm. Well, where can these? Where can they? And they and they of course have limited budgets and their only uh, KPI, for instance, is to. Uh, uh, buy stuff as cheap as possible. Now you can yeah. go to your store around the corner, Lauren, as yeah. you just mentioned, and start bargaining with this person. Yeah. Uh, but that's a bad uh, point of view, I guess, if you have only one supplier, yeah. right? Or you could so, go to a bigger supplier, but they might be further away, and you need to, you know, and then you get some lead time issues, and yeah. then you get trouble with you with your site. You know, I, th I think my tip is first, first, 
Uh, you know, d d don't fear the complexity of it because it is it is really daunting. If you get a complete list, if if you have a decent production facility and you look at the complete list of suppliers and mm -hmm. you look at the complete list of parts that is used there, mm -hmm. uh, it's easy to simply give up yeah. and say, well, you know, we're never going to get on top of this one. Mm -hmm. Um, but but don't don't fear it. There are solutions right now for that, okay. so we, we can start working on that now. Okay, cool. And 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 um, Rambeno, did you experience at a certain point you were thinking uh, inside Anchorman like, okay, um, we we've heard several of these. Uh, we talked to customers, uh, and first we did e-commerce for them, and then we did some other stuff for them, and we predicted um, uh, their their churn or their uh, website uh, visits. But also there are manufacturing companies that run into what triggered you to think of a solution for this these MRO kind of uh, issues or uh, challenges that companies have. Uh, I guess now you're making this assumption that I was triggered uh, and and created the solution, but uh, then I have to uh, okay. hand it over to Laurent because it wasn't me uh, signaling that problem in in the MRO world. Uh, I teamed up with Laurent mm -hmm. after. We said uh, there is a problem we can solve in, there are problems we can solve in the domain of MRO. And coming from an engineering background, a software development background, I always tend to think in generic solutions for reoccurring problems. Mm -hmm. and, and so um, I, of course, jumped on board uh, very quickly to see if we can help building something generic mm -hmm. uh, that that can help multiple people facing the same problem. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, uh, and if you try to answer this question, then uh, <laughs> thanks for your honesty, Rambeno. Uh, it's uh, at least you're not a vain person. <laughs> um, so, but what was was for you? Uh, we asked it before, but dive into that a bit deeper, and if you can, so what what issues did it solve for you? At, uh, the, at the Mach 45 time, I guess, at that time. At that, at that time, uh, one of the issues it did solve that we got into in control over our data. Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, we, we had, I think at that moment, we had seven or 8,000 suppliers. Mm -hmm. uh, we, wow, had, okay. we had, we had uh, uh, close to a million products that we knew. Mm -hmm. uh, when I left there, we had, we had about 15 million uh, registered parts from 15,000 suppliers. Mm -hmm. And we were having less trouble with data than we had before that. Oh, wow. um, so that 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 did it, that it did solve for us. What it also solved for us was that the the onboarding of a new customer and getting everything completely under control mm -hmm. uh, used to take quite a long long time. Um, we we slashed that time to a quarter of the time wow. uh, that we needed before. So that those are you know really useful things because. Uh, we couldn't grow in the number of people doing that work, but, mm -hmm. we, but we still we could grow as a company four times faster than we could before. Because you were in control of this data. Yeah, yeah. and that, that is what it solved. Um, and then later on, when... when uh, so what when steps did you take to, to get to that point? What were the steps that, that, that uh, for instance, Rambeno could help you with from the, from the data side of, of, of things? And you, I, I guess you added from your role as uh, in, within Mark 45, you added yeah. your domain knowledge or yeah. subject matter well, expert? What we did very much is because, as I was referring earlier to the, to the Excels and to the mm -hmm. excesses, etc., all the good people in sourcing have a million tricks on how to find uh, uh, the same parts or mm -hmm. how, how to find certain specific uh, uh, parts or, or uh, sections. Mm -hmm. Now, what we did in, uh, eventually was, first, they had the solutions to store all that data because that was a problem as well. Yeah. Now that was number one. Then number two, um, all those those tricks uh, of the trade were simply digitized, and instead of of, of a person, you know, uh, working that, on that this manually. That seems very hard, You know, you have to get people out of uh, knowledge out of people's heads. I guess. Yeah. The trick of the trade. You name this. Yeah. Um, but how how do you how can you put it into a digital system then? Yeah, but it also... I, That's where I, right back comes <laughs> ah, okay. Bring it in. Oh, yeah. No, but... Uh, <laughs> Take it away. No, 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 no. Uh, it's not that my answer to your question to Laurent is, is it's all in Laurent's head. And that's that's what we did. Uh, the, the question was, how can we handle the huge amount and great diversity of MRO data that mm -hmm. we just have been talking for uh, mm -hmm. uh, almost an hour about? 
And, yeah. and then for me, as a solution architect, I tend to think in generic solutions to the problem I hear, mm -hmm. uh, repetitive solutions. And then looking at what we do at Anchorman uh, as data activators, mm -hmm. um, if you combine those three, um, then you have the domain knowledge from Laurent, the generic solution thinking from me, and uh, the knowledge and experience of the data engineers and data scientists also mm -hmm. uh, at our company. And if you put those three together, then you can create an awesome generic configurable solution that's been aimed at solving business questions and delivering business values in the MRO domain because we added the, the business knowledge from the, the specific MRO business knowledge from uh, from Laurent. And we did that in, in, in a few steps. Mm -hmm. what, what we talked about is the, the great diversity of data, data systems, administrations that are all stuck with their own data standard. We put pull the data out and put it in our solution. Mm -hmm. And then we have our matching machine or our matching engine and we take uh bulk matching matching it sounds like a dating site it's quantum baby yeah you know magic. these two bearings <laughs> are the same <laughs> okay let's match them up that's <laughs> what you do yeah but but that's what that's what it is if you if you look at the specifics of a physical part then you can quite easily say if those parts are the same yeah especially when you have a description of mm. So, so actually, that's funny because and, and, the other and, and what we did is translate that knowledge into our solution and be able to over millions of items that are administrated in ERP master data, in procurement data, in uh, stock data, to put that together and find all the similarities mm -hmm. and say these items these different elements in all those data sets are actually the same yes. so then you can answer questions like how much of these items did we buy mm -hmm. how often yeah. did we buy them yeah. where did we bought them yeah. what if price? we want to do a tender in france mm. uh, which suppliers have i used to procure these parts and yeah. who should I ask? Mm -hmm. I want to do contract negotiations. But also in a factory, if you want to say, I want to find my spare part mm -hmm. and I have some characteristics, what we saw at one of our customers is that they have an internal uh, community. If you're looking for a part, then you ask your community with a picture or just some text, I'm looking for this part, can somebody help me? Yeah, yeah. How much more easy would it be if you can go to just an app and do the find my spare part over all the data in all the organization yeah. and yeah. then find the spare part that you are needing. Yeah. Wow. And the, the funny thing was also when you, you were talking about how did you get to the solution. Yeah, yeah. So you first first you make an algorithm of, 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 of things that I did before. Mm -hmm. But then uh, you know when when it started coming back uh, to me, uh, you know, then it become became really uh, fun to work on it because uh, I, my my knowledge, my my um, intelligence was limited to what I could do in Excel's and etc. Mm -hmm. But now I saw that more was possible. So we now we started to add uh, all kinds of challenges. Well, yeah, if you can do that, can you do this as well? And can you do this as well? So the the current algorithms that we have are mm -hmm. a million times smarter than what I did four or five years ago well, yeah, to yeah. find something. No, because they make themselves smarter in the end. We're on People an AI yeah. journey, right? right? Now, 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 we're going, now we're moving Finally slowly into we machine to learning. To AI. Well, <laughs> come on, the, the title of this series is the AI journey, so that's, uh, yeah, yeah, this well, sounds like but, a journey but, to but me. AI is not the silver bullet. No, no. AI yeah. can help you, and I, we can do a lot, lot, lot of things with AI, but we could not have done it without, uh, I, I mentioned our matching engine, I mm -hmm. mentioned the domain yeah. knowledge. It's uh, what we, we have several types of matching uh, ways of matching in or matching engine and the first and and the which one you can do without is what we call bulk matching but it's rule-based matching based on domain knowledge based on looking at the data mm -hmm. by laurent and see what's in there and creating kind of rules uh, to to apply to that data and to get what they call labeled data 
that that is needed to train uh, to create and train a model mm-hmm. but and and that's what we did we went from bulk matching to deep what we call deep matching and that's where ai comes in that's where algorithms come in because we went from the bulk matching to the deep matching by stepping from rules to algorithms mm-hmm. and then to a machine learning model yeah and the last and that's what's great about machine learning models yeah. they they can learn but they learn based on input and that's what we call crowd matching mm-hmm. where you can have users uh, looking at the results of of what comes out of the matching bulk matching and uh, machine learning matching mm-hmm. and then provide feedback to the model and make it uh, make it better yeah by right. retraining it with the feedback that's coming from uh, from the experts actually in the organization yeah yeah, and, 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 and well, assume all these people are listening uh, from the uh, supply chain procurement department I and think, people. wow, that sounds really <laughs> nice. But, but they have to go to management to convince these people. Yeah, what, and what? there's the problem. I mean, in management, people still think you get you get a couple of nerds in mm-hmm. and they, they, they are brilliant. They come up with uh, two algorithms and they solve the whole problem, you know, fixed within a week. Well, it yep. doesn't work that way. Yeah, okay. It's yeah. like, bu- it's like but building something. For sure, you need to be able to show the them foundation. benefits. Yeah, yeah, okay, that makes sense. But you need to be able to show them benefits, literally, yeah. you know. Yeah, well, Where's we the talk- money? Show me the money. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we talked about, we just... We did not talk about it, but we we, we called uh, tailspin management, mm-hmm. supplier management. Mm-hmm. Uh, find my spare part. If you mm-hmm. have downtime and you can find a fa- spare part fast, then you have less downtime, which and makes then you, sense. You yep. save money uh, by not having downtime in your factory. Yeah. So that's uh, operational efficiency, but also um, leveraging spend uh, by 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 knowing exactly what you know. I've I've seen uh, large organizations, quite well structured, mm-hmm. who had no idea how many ball bearings they were buying all over the world. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, there's just a couple of manufacturers. If you have that figure, because in their case it was large enough, mm-hmm. if you have that figure, well, you can you can talk to them all and say, okay, you make a bid on this. Uh, this is the world business. Yeah. Uh, come up with something. Now, now, now a procurement department can actually do its work because it has the data. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And before they didn't have the data and they couldn't do their work. Okay. And, and, and uh, to that, if you know how much you buy at which supplier, then every time you buy it, you have overhead of the order line that needs to be managed. Yeah, yeah. If you can reduce the order lines enough. by 50%, you have 50% less overhead. Yeah. Uh, we talked to a customer, the, uh, they had a, a huge pile of stock and they did not do not know what, what it is. Yeah. So they have in the books about 40 million worth of stock and they have to um, to calculate a certain percentage of that mm-hmm. every year For and put it yeah, yeah, yeah. put it in their books and, and write it off and, yeah. and it's cost costing them millions well, per that, year. That, okay so there's saving potentials there yeah that 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 could add up to a business case for sure yeah nice but in, uh, i have some two interesting questions still before we um, have to um, wrap it up Already, given the, given, given the time, yeah. <laughs> time is flying when you're having fun, guys. I'm sorry for that. Even uh, even in our case, um, so so in your opinion, guys, and and try to respond to this briefly, please. What are the typical symptoms that uh, supply chain or procurement can have when they uh, when they're you know they disconnect later on and then they say, okay, let's look at my own world of uh, of MRO in my own company, mm. and I see that this these kind of symptoms that might be leading to. What Rembeno and Laurent have been suggesting in this okay. podcast. Go into your production, go to the workstations of, uh, of your engineers mm-hmm. and see if they have their own st- private stockpiles of uh, spare parts. So they, ke- they keep a, a shadow <laughs> list, that's yeah. what you're saying? They, okay. they're, 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 they're not their physical own okay. really? spare parts. If you find that, you're in trouble and you're in more trouble than you know. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, how about that for a symptom? <laughs> well, trust me, I, I, I challenge m- most companies. Let, let me go to your uh, production. I, I will okay. find. I will find the the okay. the, 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 gray, the gray stock. It is used. Uh, okay. That's a name. Okay. So it's not. Like, it's not like something that I've once seen somewhere. No, it's a common thing. And uh, you know, if you have gray stock, mm-hmm. you have an MRO problem. All right. Okay, that's clear. <laughs> and from the technical side of uh, of you. The data side, Rembeno, um, what are symptoms that, that procurement or supply chain can tell, hmm, perhaps we um, have opportunities here? 
Well, it, it always starts, of course, from the business side. If you have a large uh, supplier base and you want to manage the supplier base and you have multiple administrations, and uh, so uh, then how do you want? To, how how are you gonna get scale utilization? If that's something you're wondering about, then you might have a problem, and we okay. can help you. Right. Also on the on the supply chain side, if you're uh, uh, coping with 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 master data management, if you need to do data cleansing, if you want to uh, optimize your stock, your your non-moving stock, your slow-moving stock. Because there are also issues. That you if can that, those are questions you're wondering about, how to do it, mm -hmm. uh, we can help you. Yeah, okay, okay. So, so you're solving these issues on the same go as well, the data quality and master data kind of thing regarding these uh, spare parts, for instance. Yeah. Well, the the, the nice thing about our platform is that it's. Uh, it's configurable. It's it's built up out of components, mm -hmm. and and we can um, put it in a. We we can deliver it in in different models. So we can, if you have only only have a specific procurement challenge, we can help you right. with our platform right. with a tool aimed at procurement. But we can also provide you with a tool aimed at supply chain. So if right. you want to have a data cleansing tool, uh, we can. We can configure it to be a data cleansing tool. If you want okay. to have the spare, find my spare part function because you want to have insight on the workflow where the spare part you need that you are in need of is, then you can just have the find my spare part. Yeah, tool. Every time Rain Beno and I sit together, we we figure out at least three new use cases. So right. that's uh, so there, there there are plenty of plenty of opportunities out there. Okay. Yeah, once you've got the basic problems fixed and it works, then then it's just uh, your fantasy on on what can I do with that. Okay. Cool. Hey, well, we started off with uh, a bit of history, the, 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 the way the road from supply chain procurement up to this uh, data kind of point. Let's end this, uh, this nice one with, um, with some future descriptions. How, how is, uh, very briefly, the uh, future of, uh, of these kind of uh, challenges, so supply chain procurement and MRO uh, regarding data, how, is this, how does this look like? How does the future look like? Bright, man. Very bright. <laughs> <laughs> What was in your country? <laughs> all gonna be okay in the end. No, uh, you have to think outside the box mm -hmm. of of the silos that you're in, in the data silo, in the organizational department silo, in the uh, in in the ERP silo, and 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 think about the the possibilities that you have and, and embrace them. And and uh, looking at what we are doing now with our solution, uh, we're moving uh, more and more to uh, towards the the data. Uh, science part and improving our uh, machine learning model and now looking into graph theory mm -hmm. which which is quite awesome to see if you have a spare part if you have we have a spare part we have spare parts of, of thousands of items and those are those are master data items supplier mm -hmm. data items and also uh, procurement items so items you ordered so it's it, it's a bunch of items all Matched together, making up a spare part, and then you can have can use graph theory. You should, you should start a, a Tinder spare part. <laughs> I think that's that's a yeah, gold, yeah, because there's then, gold in there, man. Uh, if you can put it in a graph, then mm -hmm. then then you get those holistic images with with clusters of items and 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 lines between them, where the 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 the, the nodes in there are the items, and and the lines are the the matches, and then you can see how. Items in a spare part are matched together. Mm -hmm. In the end, the administration, the basic administration that 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 led up to this point is is a human entering uh, information in a system, yep. and he does it by using his own words, by uh, using his own language, and yep. and um, so you can. That's that's one of the problems that that a human just has to quickly enter something. Mm -hmm. And you don't know what it is. And later on, if you have matched it together, then then you can get a great graph of, of information, and and you can zoom in, and okay. you can do geographical ask geographical questions, but also yeah. ask supplier related questions. Oh, so, so the future looks very on, insightful. On yeah, That's yeah. what you're saying. It's very insightful, and as as from the user uh, point of view, mm -hmm. the future looks like fast uh, uh, efficiency uh, gains with modern yeah. technology in the short term to linking it up with predictive maintenance and you know now you know what's in the machine and you know when your engineers are available and you know when the machine needs uh, needs maintenance mm -hmm. so you know all that can be planned now by a system instead of people doing all that okay 
uh, why, why should you have a procurement department if, if, if the machine can order it? Because we know what it is. Yep. So that, that's, that's longer term. Mm -hmm. And in the very long term, uh, actually what I see is that, that, that your stock is digital. Right. I mean, uh, you know, in, in future school kids will be having a tour of, of big warehouses that we have now. And they'll be like, wow, these people just put parts in here. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, just on the, on the off chance that they might actually need them. That's stupid. <laughs> That's actually stupid, yeah. <laughs> well, if you, like if you, if you put stupid. it like this, it really sounds a bit silly, to yeah, be honest. Yeah. So that's the long term. Yeah, nice, nice. Thanks for this, guys. So the future, to wrap it up, is, um, is looking data-driven, also for the more traditional uh, supply chain and procurement divisions within companies, big or small. Yeah. Uh, and also, I think uh, both of you um, uh, are concluding that the future is already here, so we can uh, start using this uh, today. Yeah. Uh, good. Uh, well, thanks a, a zillion, guys. Uh, also to the audience out there, thanks for listening. Uh, in uh, which way device you have been doing that, Spotify or whatever. Uh, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Laurent and Rijn Benno, at this podcast. And uh, we'll, um, we'll meet you again at the next journey of artificial intelligence at Anchorman. See you. Thanks, Thank you. man. You're welcome. Did we inspire you? Tune in for the next episodes. Or visit our website, anchorman.nl. There you'll find more on bootcamps, AI masterclasses, or careers. See you at the next episode.